the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Lessons. We're already on episode number five and I just wanna thank you uh, for sharing this resource to your friends and your family. I could already see our audience is starting to grow as we're gearing up season two and spreading the word. And, and that's great because this ministry is just to encourage and equip church leaders like yourself. So keep spreading the word. Help us if you can to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. We have all those resources available to you for free as well at eeleaders.com. We're fairly a new podcast. This is only our second season. I'm learning as I'm going, and I'm learning a lot. And so I'm glad that you're on this journey with me. And today we're going to talk about developing leaders. Developing leaders. As we've been thinking about the church as people, not just a service, right? Uh, We want to make sure we keep on investing in people and raising up leaders. Um, And so in this episode, I have my friend, Pastor Dan Grittner, sharing a guest lesson on developing leaders. And he gives us some practical advice. I love this about Dan. He's a practitioner. Uh, He's been serving faithfully in our area, Palm Beach County, for many years as an assistant pastor, youth pastor, college-age pastor, uh, just making disciples. And now, uh, be praying for him. He's currently actually planning in the Royal Palm area, building a core team um, and getting to launch out uh, in the fall. Um, and Dan wrote his first book only a couple of months ago. I love this. He's continually growing in this process and is passing this stuff on to me. Big shout out. I'll leave it in the show notes. Uh, his new book, his first book, is called For a Limited Time Only, Making the Most of the Time You Have Left. And so just really proud of this guy. Love him to death. We go to a Bible study together. Uh, we're good uh, beginning coming good friends just to getting to know one another and uh, really encouraging one another and supporting one another to making disciples. And so I'm really happy to have Pastor Dan Grittner sharing with us today about developing leaders. Hey everybody out there. As Daniel said, my name is Dan Grittner and I'm from the West Palm Beach area. And just a privilege to be on this podcast today. I want to honor Daniel and Laura Williams. They are some of the most faithful people that I know. And I just respect them so much for leaving Washington State and coming down here to Delray Beach. Uh, Just amazing things, what they're doing in their church and their heart for just reaching out to the world with this podcast. And so, Daniel, we honor you today, man. You are doing an incredible job. And I really respect you for what you're doing. And so Dan asked me to be a part of this podcast and talk about developing leaders, something that I'm so passionate about. I've had the opportunity to uh, serve 12 years at Trinity Church International, which is a rather large church. And I've just been under some amazing leadership, got to learn so many great things about systems and developing leaders in really a large church context. Um, But now me and my wife are going to leave And we're starting a church September 2019 in the Royal Palm Beach area. And so we're hoping to put these principles into practice in a church planning context. So super excited to talk to you today. And I just really want to bring out two things about developing leaders, building leaders. How can you build your team? Why should you build your team? And really, how do you do it? Two things. But let me start out by sharing my story. 
When I was about 21 years old, I went on a missions trip to Venezuela with the youth pastor who was a part of the youth ministry and the team there. And I was not saved. I was not living for God when I went on this trip. Literally two days before the trip, I had gotten high and drunk with some friends. And so we went on the trip and in Venezuela, God just really touched my heart in an incredible way. And when I came back, I knew I had to change. I knew I couldn't be the same. And so I just started moving chairs in the youth ministry. And I was just so passionate for God and what He was calling me to do, which I didn't really know what that was, but I just started hanging around. And as soon as the youth pastor's name was Jonathan Cook, as soon as he saw me moving chairs, helping out, st coming early, staying late, he started inviting me over his house. And he just really began to just take me under his wing. I mean, whenever he was going to the post office, I was there. Whenever he was going to an outreach at a school, he was bringing me along. Wherever he went, I went. I was like a little duckling behind the mother duck, just always following him wherever he had to go. And I could even remember one time it was the World Series, and I had a test at school the next day, and I was going to stay at home and study. And he's like, Dan, don't worry about that test. Come to my house and watch, watch the World Series. I remember getting mad at him I'm like yo you're a youth pastor and you're supposed to want me to have good grades but you're bringing me over to your house but it was just that tenacity that he had to bring me over and hang out with me and because of that relationship I had the opportunity to really rely on somebody who was really strong I was going to college at the same time and I began to get really challenged in my faith because of some of the classes that I was taking and I began to ask Pastor Jonathan, hey Jonathan, listen, I've got some questions about my faith through some of the things that I'm learning in college, and I'm really doubting my faith here. And so an amazing opportunity happened. His wife went out of town for a couple weeks, and I remember for two Friday nights, he invited me out to a high school football game. And he paid for the tickets, he picked me up, we went to the football games. And afterwards, we spent time eating fast food. The first night, we went to Wendy's. And the second night, we went to Taco Bell. And we would just sit in his car. And I would begin to ask some questions about Jesus and God and, and faith. And I just remember that second Friday night, being in his car, eating Taco Bell, saying, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, I've debated all these things. Is God real? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I just remember saying, you know what? If it's good enough for him... It's good enough for me. And I just decided in that parking lot that I was going to serve God for the rest of my life. And that was about maybe almost 15, 20 years ago. And because of those two Friday nights, because this man took me under his wing and had me come over his house for the World Series and took me to the post office, me and my wife are now going to be planting a church in rural Palm Beach. I don't think our church would exist if Jonathan didn't take me under his wing. And that's the first principle. If you want to build leaders in your church or your context, is you've got to spend time with your leaders. This thing that we're doing church-wise and, and team-wise, it's not about giving someone a task and doing it. It's about building a family. And you build a family through time. Time spent with one another. That is your number one key when you are building leaders is your time with them, not just in the leadership meeting, not just five minutes before service. I'm talking about time, life on life with people. 
Because when you build time with people, what you're doing is you're giving them their life. And whoever you're giving your life to is going to trust you as long as obviously that you're integrous. So who is it in your life right now that you know that you could build more time with? Who is it that you've just kind of seen around that you see some potential in them that you can build with? Let me read this quote to you by Albert uh, Aubrey Murphys and Will Mancini in their book, Building Leaders. It says this, leaders are people and they cannot be developed and empowered in an assembly line fashion. The process is organic and not mechanical, like growing a garden. And, and for me, that was what changed my life. That's what has allowed us to be doing what we're going to be doing, is that someone took time with us. Let me read this other quote to you. It's by J. Oswald Sanders, Spiritual Leadership, which, side note, if you've never read that book, you need to read it. It says this, Eyes that look are common, eyes that see are rare. The Pharisees looked at Peter and saw only an unschooled fisherman, not worth a second look. Jesus saw in Peter a prophet, preacher, saint, and leader who would help turn the world upside down. So you think about the model of Jesus. They didn't have Sunday school. They didn't have a leadership pipeline, which we're going to talk about leadership pipeline. But they didn't have that. What did he have? He just had time with people. Because time with people, again, brings relationship. It brings trust. It brings a family. And with that is the raw stuff that you can really do something with. So many times in leadership books, we talk about how can you, you got to get buy-in from your team and you got to, and you got to get their ideas involved. Well, how do you, what's the best way to create buy-in? The best way to create buy-in is by spending time with people. And so I just love talking to youth pastors, especially about this pastors about this because so many people in your congregation, they are looking up to you. And you might think that just standing and studying 20 hours for a sermon and preaching the word is going to be enough, but it's not enough. They need you or they need the people that you're discipling to touch them. The more hearts you can touch, the more hands you'll have at your disposal. So you've got to be incredibly great at touching hearts. And however that works for you is, is how you should do it. I love that we have the opportunity to work with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is so creative. If you look outside your window right now or your car, wherever you're at, and you look at the grass and you look at the trees and you think about all the species of frogs and animals and birds, the Holy Spirit and God, He's created all that. He is a creative God and He lives inside of you. And he wants to give you that same creative way of making disciples, of building into people. I think it just takes a little bit of time, a little just a little bit of effort, and we can begin to see great things happen in our lives through our teams. So the number one way to build leader is to spend time with them, is to invest in them, is to let them know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them and that you have their best interests in mind. And people can sense it. If they sense that, oh, this person is just after my stuff, you got to be after their heart. I can remember when I had the opportunity to go up to college to Stetson University or stay in the local context that I was in. And I went to Pastor Jonathan. I said, hey, Pastor John, I've got this opportunity to go away to school. It's a great school. There's, they've given me a scholarship. I could go up there. In the back of my mind, I thought, Probably he wouldn't want me to go 
because I was doing so much as a volunteer at the church and I knew it was in his best interest that I would stay at that church. But I went to, his, went to him for advice and, and I was really sensing, does he really love me or does he just love what I do for him? And he just operated so well. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, he wanted my best interest in mind. If that was to leave and never see him again, he was for that. I knew it in his heart. And so I went up to Stetson University for like a preview weekend. And I was just praying, being sensitive to the Lord where God would have me. Wherever God wanted me, that's where I wanted to go. And I just knew that that wasn't for me. And I was supposed to stay in my local context. And because I did, that's what opened the door a few, few years later for me to come on staff as the junior high youth pastor and then uh, later on many other positions. But because I knew that he wanted me to be successful more than himself, I ended up giving my heart to him completely. I ended up serving him more. I ended up getting on board with the vision in a greater way. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for somebody who loves them for them, not what they can get. From, from, from that other person. And so, leader, I implore you, there are people in your congregation right now that they can give you everything, but you first got to give them everything. The Bible says that He loved us first, and then we loved Him. God has provided Christ first, and then we've responded. And so, with the right heart and the right attitude to make a difference for God in His kingdom, love your people spend time with your people, invest in your people, and there'll be such a great return. It's like you're, you're scattering seeds in, in the ground, but as you water those seeds, a great force is gonna, is gonna erupt from the ground, and that's your work, leader. And so, that's the number one way. Now, of course, there's another way that we need to have in our approach to ministry, and that is the ability to create systems and leadership pipelines. Now, the early church, they didn't have these things, leadership pipelines. They just had relationship, and that does speak to the power of relationship. But I think in our context of especially American Christianity, I think that we must have the ability to think, how can we get these groups of people from point A to point B? A couple things about leadership pipelines um, for, for us, just as some examples. We, we did this one thing called the diamond and we had a baseball diamond and you had to, we were leading people to first base, to second base, to third base, and home. And how can I score a run for our team? Um, and there's all kinds of ways to do this. But let me read a, a scripture to you real quick. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others. Now, possibly when I'm reading these scriptures, your mind, you just zoned out. Because you might have heard these scriptures so much. But this is the Bible telling us that we have to find ways how to disciple people. So what is your process of discipling people? How do you do it? Do you have a clear pathway? I was just talking with Josh Turner, who's at Celebration Orlando, an incredible church. And, and I was talking to him about systems. I was like, tell me about systems. He says, look, systems are is this, is this. You've got to create clear pathways to get people from point A to point B. 
And so there's so many books on this. There's so much you can do. But really, it, it's all about you as the leader. And it's all about your context. Yes, we can borrow from other people. For us, when we plan our church, we're looking at growth track. Because growth track has been in almost any context in the southeast, in the northeast, on the west coast, any context in the, in the United States, growth tracks seems to work. So we're not out here trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to follow growth track. And if you're not familiar with that, you can check out ARC and, and Chris Hodges and what they do. But it's just a simple way from get to point A to point B. An example, one thing that we did at the church that I'm at now is we did this thing called the triangle. And so we, we just created a triangle and we wanted all our leaders to know how can you start a new group because we were over small groups. We say, look, if you want to start a group, you just have to do the triangle. And each point had something. The bottom right was uh, to join a group. If you want to start a group, you first got to be in a group. The top point was to um, finish our discipleship classes. You got to go through the discipleship class if you want to be a group. And the, and the final point was serve a leader. Be in a group and serve a leader. If you didn't do that, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do a group, and that kept all the crazy people away. So you need that too. But the main thing is that you've got a system, you've got a process, you've got a way to do this. You've got to find a way to do it, and you can be creative in your process. Now, why should you do all these things? Why it is why is it important for you to build relationships with people? Why is it important for you to think through creating systems? Because you got too much to do. Leader, I don't have to tell you, you have so much going on. You are probably feeling overwhelmed with the vision that's in your heart and the things that you want to do. You don't have enough people to do it. That's why you need help in this. I love this quote from Aubrey Murphy's. He says this, The typical pastor has too many balls to juggle. His greatest need is not more balls to throw in the air, or more time to perform, or more juggling tips. His greatest need is more jugglers, individuals who can lead ministry under his guidance. I like to think of it like this. I, I, one of my degrees is I got a degree in music education, so I was going to be a band director, middle, a middle school band director. Thank God that never happened. All the middle school band directors I know are all bald, so I'm just thankful. They look stressed out. But I think about that, it's like you're like the conductor and you might have seen an orchestra before and you've got all these people in, in black and white suits and black dresses and, and you've got like 80 people before you and you've got flute players and violins and tubas and tambourine players, saxophone players, trumpet players, trombones. You've got all these people in front of you and your job as the conductor is to get them to play not only individually, but get them to play in harmony. And as the leader, that's what you've got to do. You've got to get the people around you to play in harmony with each other. And it's your job to do that. And sometimes you've got to direct here. Sometimes you've got to spend some time with the person here. Sometimes you've got to tell someone what they need to do and be stronger in this situation. But you've got to get those people around you playing because God has given you a dream. And that dream is given to you by God for you to steward the things that He's given to you. So we are called by God to make disciples and to invest in people. And like I say, the best ways to do it, I believe, are to invest in people. Let them know that you love them without a shadow of a doubt. They know that you care for them. You lay your life down for them. And thirdly, get creative 
and make some systems. Make that thing sing. Get people from point A to point B. Whatever it is, get a triangle, get a baseball diamond. Think about it. How can you get people to talk about it? Get involved with it and everybody knows we're doing this. And you get people with that heart, with that clear pathway, man, God's gonna do incredible things through your ministry. I don't know you today, but I want you to know that I love you as a brother and sister in Christ. I want you to know that we're in this together. We're all figuring it out. And I'm just excited and thankful to be a part of the journey. God bless you guys. Well, as we think about developing leaders, we also need to be uh, thinking about how we continue to develop ourselves. We're church leaders. We're having people follow us. And many times we have a tendency to pour into other people without thinking about how do we pour into ourselves? How do we develop ourselves? And so on this week's One Piece of Advice, we have Pastor Casey Cleveland sharing just on that subject. Many of you may know Casey. He's a living legend in our area, uh, especially, especially in Delray Beach City, where I'm from. We get to serve Jesus together. We love and partner with the Avenue Church and pastors there and ministry partners and do a lot of stuff together. And it's just a joy, truly, uh, to have him in our city, in my life, and especially on this podcast for you. So today he's going to go and encourage us to have a holistic view of developing not just leaders, but ourselves. Uh, and he's going to talk about a 360 preparation. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hey guys, my name's Casey and I'm with the Avenue Church and Daniel asked me to share with you guys um, just one piece of advice. So I'd love to share with you something the Lord's been working on my heart and it comes from Joshua 4. Uh, verse 22, uh, and it was just, it's, this is just kind of fresh on my mind, so I'm excited to be sharing it with you guys. And it says this, on that day, uh, the Lord exalted Joshua. It's actually 4.14. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua. Um, as leaders, just thinking about this, it's the Lord who actually does the exalting of us when it comes to significant um, shaping ministry. So you know like they're about to cross over from this old land to the new land, huge significant moment in redemption history. And you, you might imagine that Joshua might think he needs to prop himself up. He might need to do something to increase his platform, all that stuff, no. Like the scriptures are clear, like God is going to raise him up. God will do the exalting. So then I thought, well, what is Joshua's responsibility? Obviously, well, I don't know about obvious, but it seems like maybe he dealt with a little bit of fear because you know, in verse in chapter one, it talks about like, be strong and courageous. So there's these reminders like, dude, I got you. So, so okay, you know, Joshua's working out his courage with the Lord's trust in the Lord. But the thing that um, the Lord's just been kind of like working out in me is like, if it's, if it's the job of Jesus to exalt me and put me in a place where people will actually go, where I believe that the Lord's leading us, then I just need to be prepared for that. And so my, my advice to you is what I would call 360 preparation, um, being prepared um, in just all sorts of different areas. I think as pastors, we're probably pretty good at being prepared, like maybe spiritually, if you want to call that, like our, our Devo time, we're reading, we're praying, that stuff is probably on point. That's pretty cool. I just want to encourage you guys to be prepared, like holistically, you know, because that's one area of preparation that's huge. I wouldn't say that there's anything more important than you getting, getting alone with God and being in that fellowship. But 
Um, you should also be prepared in a few other areas. Like, think about what you're eating. I mean, I know that might sound so surfacey and things like that, but if you want to be the best version of you, and you want to be fully present with, with Jesus and with others, and you're coming down off like sugar crashes because you slammed your like, you know, uh, big cheeseburger followed by a Snickers bar at 2 p.m. I don't know how that's possible. Sleep, man, like pursue consistent sleep uh, for the same reason so that you can be aware and awake and you're not having to like fight like fatigue in the midst of trying to hear what the Spirit uh, might be saying for you. Even like uh, pursue mindfulness, like pursue um, being present, pursue um, just thinking about like, man, how can I be fully mindful and present in this moment? Because like that's going to be the best version of yourself, whether you're teaching, counseling, hanging out with another brother or sister. Um, exercise, man. Like remember, we're going to war. And, and when I look at like the warriors that I know, most of them are in shape and like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, so that they can be their best because they know a lot's riding on that. I just wanna encourage you, man, 360 preparation, not a rebuke, just an invitation to maybe make a move or two in one of those directions uh, so that as God exalts you, you, you're fully prepared for that. Love you guys. Well, we wanna invest in leaders. We wanna invest in ourselves. And also, we want to invest in the teams that God has placed us in. And so on the next episode, I'll be interviewing uh, assistant pastor, campus pastor uh, at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, Boynton Beach Campus, Pastor Kelly, uh, and specifically talking about investing in teams. We're truly better together, and I'm so blessed to have you a part of this community. I'd love to have you be a part of my team. Uh, if you want to invest in this community, maybe sit down, do an interview. I'd love to learn from you or have a guest lesson yourself. Uh, please reach out to me. My email can be found at daniel at eeleaders.com and I love to learn from you. This is what makes this podcast a little bit unique for me is I'm learning from so many different people, so many good friends, people that have all this wisdom and experience and I hope that you're being encouraged and blessed because really uh, it's an incredible journey that we're on that we get to serve Jesus in the local church and whatever we do. And so just keep on pressing on. Next week we'll talk about teamwork, investing in our teams and team dynamics with Pastor Kelly. And until then, I'm praying that your team expands. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And so I'm praying that God would build your team so you can accomplish great things that he put on your heart to serve his church. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at EE Leaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.